0: This episode is supported by Vic Health, Victoria's health promotion agency. For more information about the work of Vic Health, go to vichealth.vic.gov.au. So, I wanted to start off this episode talking about something that happened the other day. I wasn't coping. I'd had a tough day with the kids. I was finding homeschooling stressful and was just generally feeling kind of flat and over it. So I called you, Sandro, and we agreed to delay recording until I pulled myself together again. Hello, how are you going? Good. How are you? Uh, I'm a bit verklempt, I believe the. Oh no! What happened? <laughs> Yiddish word is. Uh, I'm just. <laughs> I'm just feeling a bit off, and so I was actually calling to see whether you would mind if we rescheduled.
1: Of course. Are you okay?
0: Yeah, I'm okay. It's just um. And I'm sharing that because I want you guys to know that we're all finding it tough sometimes. Some days are good and then suddenly things can feel hard, really hard. And that's what we want to talk about in this episode. Our mental health and how we can help look after ourselves and others during this time.
1: Welcome to our special coronavirus series of In Good Health, where we look at ways to stay healthy at home during the pandemic. I'm Dr Sandro.
0: And I'm Dewey Cook. So part of the reason that I felt comfortable calling you Sandro was because I'd had a conversation earlier in the day with Grant Blaschke, who is a GP, but he's also the lead clinical advisor at Beyond Blue. Grant and I were talking about warning signs when things aren't going well and also ways to be kinder to ourselves during this time. And afterwards, it kind of hit me that I needed to just kind of simplify my life a little bit for the day, find a way to clear some space in my mind. But of course, I also knew that I could make the call because, Sandro, I knew you would support me. So thank you for that. (laughs) And that's also something that we want to talk about in this episode, uh, the ways that we can be good friends to each other.
2: Mm.
0: So here's a bit from my chat with Grant from Beyond Blue. And after that, we'll hear from the writer-journalist and mental health advocate Jill Stark about staging solo dance parties in her living room and doing physical distancing alone. So, Grant, at the moment we're sharing a collective moment, I think, um, as a society where so many more of us are indoors What are the things that we should be aware of for both ourselves and the people in our lives to keep track of good mental health?
3: Yeah, it's a great question. And I think that we really have gone into a little bit of a different phase. And I really like that saying, uh, life's not about waiting for the storm to pass, but learning to dance in the rain. And I think many of us at the moment are thinking, okay, this is what we're going to be doing for the next few months. How am I going to make this all work? And one of the messages from Beyond Blue is to really be proactive about your mental health. Don't leave it to chance. Don't wait till you get in a mess. Like take some proactive steps to make sure that you're looking after your mental health and other people who might be living with you at home or if you're on your own as well, just being really um, on the front foot with it.
0: And what does that look like either for a person who has experience with mental health issues or with someone who's perhaps never encountered them before and and has found that this period of time has become more challenging for them what is looking after your mental health look like
3: well i think you accurately portray some people have different experiences so maybe if we talk about the people who've had mental health issues in the past I mean, ironically, what I'm seeing as a GP is people who've really had a hard time or a serious illness in the past, they've actually got quite a lot of skills to get them through this time so they know how to just take one day at a time and uh, how to make sure that they keep their routine and to watch their thinking, make sure they don't get into that sort of catastrophic, nihilistic thinking. So to some extent you know, some people who've had a mental health problem already come with some skills. Having said that, often what's keeping them well is their routines and that's all over the place. Now, a couple of things I'd suggest. First of all, make sure that during this disruptive time you do link in with your GP and your mental health professional. Keep up routine and that means set a calendar for the week, work out what time you're going to get up, what time you're going to go to bed. Make sure that you don't get into a sort of a pattern of staying up till all hours playing on the internet and then sleeping in half the day. So try and keep that normal sort of day-night rhythm. For people with mental health issues, what I'd say is get on the front foot, make sure you've got your team around you, stick to your plan, keep going with your psychological lifestyle if you take medications keep taking them like look after yourself so that we get you through this nicely now for the general public there's a whole lot of people out there who feel like they've just been hit by a truck sure what just happens and the
0: walls are closing in a bit and
3: so what I like to talk about is the pressure cooker home where people have really got the triple whammy at the moment of being worried about the infection and not catching it, not giving it to anyone, immense financial pressure and possibly lost a job, and then finding themselves in a household that's drastically transformed with perhaps a partner home or working from home and children at home who might have previously been at school. And so I think That at this time, the first thing to say if you're in a really busy household is recognize it's pretty different to before. Be upfront about setting some ground rules, and that might be about giving each other space, giving each other time, and lowering your expectations. You know, it's one thing if you're working and you're having a lovely romantic dinner together on Saturday night, but recognize that the relationship strains are much more when you're really living on top of each other 24 hours a day and be and, and upfront about that and, and try and make that work.
0: Where do you think the balance is between the benefits of something like a routine to provide yourself with that structure that can be quite comforting to being kind on yourself and accepting that you don't have to be super productive, you're not going to learn how to bake bread or make your own sourdough starter in this period and that's okay? Like there is that balance that people need to strike, isn't there?
3: Yeah, look, I think a lot of people are finding it very tiring at the moment, you know, spending a lot of time on screen suddenly, which is definitely a different interaction to meeting with people face to face. And so, yes, be kind to yourself if you're tired, take a break. I guess on the flip side, the danger of just falling into an unstructured day particularly if you've got mental health issues and just getting caught up in your own thoughts, is probably not great either. So as with all these things, a bit of a balance. But a crucial thing that I see is having some sort of sense of purpose is really important. Now that might be taking up a hobby, it might be new skills, it might be cooking, it might be getting yourself fit, uh, you might be volunteering a bit. But I think this idea that most people function better when they do have some sort of sense of purpose the other thing i'd say and we know this from the literature is that during quarantine one of the things that really helps people get through it is that sense of sort of altruism
2: Mm. that
3: sense that this is really annoying but I'm actually protecting the most vulnerable people in the community by what I'm doing. Mm. And I think it's a great message with kids if they're old enough to say, look, I know this is really hard. I know you want to see mates, but you should know that all your efforts are not wasted. In Australia, you're helping stop. A whole lot of people get really sick. so good on you and bring them into that.
0: Are there any warning signs that people should be aware of either for themselves or for other people in their lives just to think maybe we need to get some help in?
3: So obviously difficult time at the moment and being worried about losing your job or you know how much your life has changed, that's not a mental health condition, that's just being worried. Mm. I guess the the things as a GP that would make me sort of think more red flags would be persistent you know, lowered mood or worry, that's affecting every aspect of your life. So there's nothing you're enjoying anymore. You're not enjoying your kids or your Mm. pets or your catch-up with friends. It it keeps going, duration. So it's been at least two weeks where you're just not enjoying anything. Your sleep-wake cycle starts to get in a mess and you find you're up half the night, just can't sleep is, is often a sign. And withdrawal So even though we're social isolating, you know, if you had a friend that just actually stops answering your texts or your calls, like that sort of withdrawal from connection is another little warning sign. So it's not a perfect science but I think that these signs are actually indicative of of people having a hard time. They should be aware that the regular Beyond Blue line is also available and If people are really feeling at risk to themselves, Lifeline is very worth contacting if you're having a hard time. So there's a lot of resources out there for people and that would be some of the warning signs that I'd be concerned about. But, you know, if you're doing okay, take a moment to think, gosh, who out there is totally on their own? Might be work Mm. colleagues, might be friends. Because it's pretty hard time, you know, no physical contact and a lot of hours to just be in your own thoughts. Mm. The other thing I'd say is we've never had a sort of global pandemic with this much social media that completely surrounds our lives. And be very cautious and curate what media, what news Mm. you're actually looking at. Because easy to go down that plug hole of just jumping from disaster video to disaster video.
0: Yeah, and look, you know, that's such an interesting point. Like I I realised for myself um, in recent days that I just needed to have a space that was separate from thinking and reading about coronavirus. So, I just looked up the lists of previous Pulitzer Prize winning feature articles <laughs> from previous nice. years. So, I just i am going through that now and I'm like, oh, 2019, <laughs> what a year. <laughs> <laughs> but there's, they- it's important, yeah. right, to just to, to take your mind off, whether it's in a book or in magazines or whatever it is, is somewhere else that you are letting your mind be and not only in this present moment
3: couldn't agree more I think it's great and what a terrific time to get into some good books and good movies and maybe rediscover a hobby that you wanted to do
1: David I'm so glad that you got to meet Grant I have to say I've known Grant for a number of years and he's one of my favorite people he's so genuine and so kind and also such an expert. Mm. I thought one of the things he covered so well was that balance between the importance of having a routine, but also understanding that there will be days the routine goes out the window and that's okay. You know, there are some days where I think I'm going to get up for a run, I'm going to get my exercise, eat three meals, try and be on on time to my meetings. And some days it just does not work. And I don't have kids and you know many of the other responsibilities that so many people have. I'm just so glad that you got to sit down with Grant.
0: Yeah. I just really liked the statement that he opened with, life is not about waiting for the storm to pass, but learning to dance in the rain. And I really feel <laughs> yeah. like that was the thing that I had in my head when I was speaking to you that day. Where yeah, I yeah. It's really important to be able to find that joy in ourselves at this moment. Mm. And when you're feeling down, it's, it's hard to do that. So like make it easier think- for yourself sometimes and that's okay too.
1: It reminds me of what Rasmus and Sina were saying in our previous episode on Huga, And it's that idea that rather than wishing for what you don't have, sort of accepting and again, being understanding that the way you feel, the way that you're responding and coping with the current circumstances is part of, you know, your own coping mechanism and everyone will be different. And I suppose controlling the parts you can control, but also trying to be okay that there are going to be so many things Mm. outside of our control at the moment. Mm. I've got young nieces and they're really missing their grandma at the moment. I hope they miss their uncle too. But I think one thing that really has helped is what Grant was talking about, kind of explaining to young kids, but also, you know, to be honest, explaining just To myself, sometimes, and to others, that you know what we are doing by isolating ourselves, by spending so much time inside, living a life that maybe is quite a bit more challenging at the moment, is such an important thing for others. That again, it comes back to that concept of distance being such an important act of kindness and generosity and love for particularly the most vulnerable people in our community. I thought that was a really great reflection that Grant made. And I think it's really helpful for kind of helping us all to work through where we are at the moment during lockdown.
0: Yeah. And I am, and, you know, just even walking around my neighborhood, I really love that so many people have kind of embraced this idea of, you know, rainbows in the window or chalk drawings on the sidewalk. And that's something some friends of mine are sending me. They're just sending me like, images from their morning walks of yeah. of all these really cute pictures that obviously kids have been drawing of reassuring messages and stuff like that. And I think that that sense of, yes, we are all in this together and it is a way that we can all help each other by making these particular changes to our lives for this particular mm. amount of time. Having said that, it, it is it is still challenging and we mm. can all be realistic about that and we shouldn't have to hide that feeling from each other as well. That's what we're talking about, right? Like how do we be good friends to each other? I really appreciated mm-hmm. that I can just call you. I knew you were going to be fine with me basically <laughs> saying I can't do the job today.
1: Um, well, there have been many days that I <laughs> like the same to you, Dewey, <laughs> but and not- you were always no, amazing. Oh, no, thanks.
0: But it is something I've been thinking about, like how do we check in with people beyond obviously Zoom dinner parties and, you know, house party catch-ups, which is all about being happy and social together but genuinely checking in on our friends and making sure that we're all doing okay. Sometimes that can be just a text message, but other times it is actually about like making the effort to ask the specific question, I think, like, is everything okay with you right now? And I've been really surprised that people have been like really ready to talk about it and I've been ready to talk about it as well. It's not just the fun stuff, playing collective trivia. It's about actually asking each other what's going on with you. So I wanted to talk with somebody who's, I guess, been quite public about those feelings, about what it's like to live at home alone at the moment. I think more than ever, it's really important for us to check in on people who are by themselves. Obviously, we check in with our families nearly every day if you live with somebody or with your housemates if you live with somebody but friends and family members who are by themselves, I think, need particular support. And so I chatted with Jill Stark, who's written three amazing books. She's written When You're Not Okay, a kind of self-care manual for the days when you're feeling alone and Happy Never After, kind of breaking apart the idea of the happiness myth. And then her very first book, people might be really familiar with, is High Sobriety. It's about her year without mm. alcohol. So she's an amazing writer and journalist. And full disclosure, she and I used to work together at The Age. and. She is really a touchstone for so many people at this time, I think, and she's been staging these pretty awesome one-woman dance parties in her living room, and I'm going to get her to explain to you the reason why she does that. So here's Jill.
2: I decided that one of the things that brings me joy, and I think it's really important in these difficult times that we do, try and remember our playful side and try and tap into that joyful nature that we have, even when things are tough. I decided that I would stage a daily dance party for one. Well, for two, actually, because usually my cat's watching on. (laughs) Every day at 5.30 or around about 5.30, I um, pick one of my favourite tunes. And I've got um, a disco light that I got from a $2 shop a long time ago, and I put that on and I belt out whatever song I feel like. Tonight I was dressed up in a bunch of tartan to um, pay homage to my home country of Scotland. And I thought, oh, I might as well just share this ridiculousness with the world and people on Instagram and Facebook seemed to quite like it. <laughs> I think it's, I don't know, is there something about someone being a bit stupid and silly and and free in the middle of this um, craziness is perhaps fun to watch.
0: When did you start, um, or when did you decide that that was something that you wanted to do?
2: Uh, I think it was at the beginning of working from home. So I guess mid-March. And I just thought, well, you know, if I'm going to be at home and I live alone and every day, how can I break up the day? How can I tap into that, that sort of play nature? And I think that we often think that playtime is just for kids when natural the research shows that it's really vital for adults to tap into that play nature as well and we thrive when we are finding that playfulness and that joy and that sort of lightness that we we often sort of overlook or we we think it's just kids business but if you think about the times when you've been most free in your life when you felt most connected to your sort of true self and that Part of you that, that is so often crushed under the weight of adult responsibility and obligation it is often when you're in times of of abandon and joy and just being in flow I guess and I think some people might think well we're living in really challenging times people are losing their jobs people are dying like how can you be dancing around your living room and to that I would say that well, how can you not? Because none of my dancing is to erase or undermine the very real challenges and the very tough times that so many people are going through. But in order to cope with that, in order to be a good support to other people and to be the best version of yourself, I think that you need to have these moments of lightness, these moments of relief. Um, and it's it's not an act of selfishness. It's an act of self-replenishment to to really tap into that part of you that just needs a break, that just needs to switch off from the news and from all the awfulness that we're faced with and to to just really let go. And so that's what I give myself permission to do every day because, you know, there are big things that we're facing. For me one dance a day doesn't take all of that away but it just so it's it's part of my coping strategy it's part of of um allowing myself to remember what it is to be fully alive and fully free and I think at the moment a lot of us are feeling constrained and feeling like we can't do the things that we normally do so if me dancing around like an idiot in my my kilt or whatever it might be in my lounge room and putting that on Instagram gives other people a bit of light relief as well then I think that's worth it. Mm.
0: Something I've been thinking about as well is how to be a good friend in this time because Mm. so many of the usual ways that we can connect with people are being stripped away and of course um, you know everybody has been speaking about catching up over like dinner parties on Zoom or I guess I'm thinking more in terms of like what are the questions particularly for, for friends who Uh, live alone or who uh, through circumstance aren't with people right now, you know, maybe because they're immunosuppressed or are compromised in other ways. From your point of view, what works and what
2: doesn't work? Well, I mean, I think we need to start with um, a bit of empathy for everyone's situation. So try and imagine yourself in, in a different situation. So me, I, mean, I live alone and I do try to like imagine what it would be like um, in your situation, for example, with three young kids and trying to work and, and juggling all that. That's, that's a uniquely challenging situation. My situation is also challenging because I live alone um, and I don't have that day-to-day face-to-face contact. So, I would say to people who who do have, who, who are perhaps living with partners or families and wondering how they can support people who are living alone, is just be mindful of the language you're using and, and be mindful that, you know, you, you might think that, oh, well, it's this. We're we're still connected because we're chatting on Facetime, and some of my friends have said that to me. Oh, we're we're not separate. We're talking on Facetime or on Heist party every night, and like and I really love that, and I appreciate it so much. But it does not replace face to face contact. You know, we're we thrive on human connection and physical contact. So not being able to have that, we don't need to be playing like the suffering Olympics and who's got it worse. But I think it's just having a bit of empathy for. Mm-hmm someone's situation that might not be the same as yours and the other thing I would say is this applies in any time not just during a pandemic but it applies a lot when people are grieving that often people will say to someone who's grieving or someone who's sick or let me know if I can do anything or that puts a lot of burden on the other person so I would sort of suggest that perhaps rather than saying to your your friend who lives alone let me know if I can Mm. do anything then maybe just give them a call maybe just do just something but not just do something <laughs> yeah. rather than waiting for them to reach out because they're already feeling like they're kind of alone and perhaps feeling like it's a bit like of a burden to ask someone to reach out to them so maybe you do the reaching out if, if you can
0: so sandro when i'm feeling down i think that i have a tendency to want to like comfort eat and sometimes that's a delicious and healthy pasta but sometimes <laughs> it's a less healthy but perhaps no less delicious burger. But I think that I could probably do with some tips about what to reach for in those moments if food is something that brings you comfort and nourishment.
1: Mm. Well, I think it's important to reflect on why you're eating and, again, afford yourself a bit of kindness. We're, we're in a really difficult and uncertain time. Our lives have been largely turned upside down and, and many people who are listening are probably facing, you know, reduced working hours. Maybe they've lost their job if you find that you're not eating as healthily as you usually do from time to time or there are days that you just need a burger that's probably okay at the moment having said that if you can find things or or think about why it is that you eat and if it's you know something to keep you warm then think about you know making a large pot of minestrone something mm. that is going to sit on the stove that you can take five or 10 serves from, particularly if you don't like cooking, it's, you know, low investment and high yield. I mean, another reason why we probably find ourselves, you know, snacking or eating a lot more at the moment is because we're bored, not because we're actually hungry. Mm. And in those sort of circumstances, it's great to make sure you have like a big fruit bowl available, something that you can snack on and go to that, you know, is healthy, high in fiber, so it keeps you feeling full A handful of nuts are great because they're high in protein as well as healthy fats, which will make you feel full, but largely trying to find other things to do when you're bored that don't involve eating. Um, And I guess just
0: having like the junk food out of the house.
1: I would say another tip is just to not, you know, if there are things you don't want to really don't want to eat, then just don't buy them. Don't have them in the house because it is tough when you're spending the whole day inside not to find yourself snacking or tucking into the biscuits or the chips I don't have any sugary drinks in the house, but if they are, then don't keep them in the fridge. That way if you do want one, you have to wait at least the hour or two for it to cool down in the fridge before you can drink it. It kind of just gives you a moment to maybe find something else to tie you over. And another reason that we often find ourselves nibbling is because we're actually thirsty. So a lot of the time when we think we're hungry, it's just because we haven't actually been drinking enough water. And I know certainly at the moment I'm drinking... Probably too much coffee and not enough water. And that's something to be thinking about. Having, you know, a big fruit bowl somewhere where you can see it, you know, something tasty, slightly sweet, but it's natural and it's healthy. Don't have unhealthy things in the house if you can help it. And cook something that's easy to snack on, but highly nutritious, warming now that the days are getting colder and shorter, but is going to do good things for your body. And so I'd be thinking about things like soups or. Uh, maybe even some herbal teas or things like that Mm. that you can pour and sit with and and sip on but they're not high in salt or sugar
0: okay so coming up next we've got our physio rowan singleton who's going to talk us through some exercises for when we're staying at home and maybe even working from home and the things to look out for so here's rowan
4: Okay, so today, guys, I thought I'd talk about gluteal amnesia, um, which is essentially when your body forgets how to connect and to activate your your glute muscles and your gluteal muscles correctly, and it can be related with things like hip pain, back pain, and, and knee pain, something that we, we really commonly see coming through our everyday practice as, as physios. There's a few theories as to why this is so prevalent, but essentially, it's all related to our sedentary and modern lifestyle with lots of sitting bad posture and just means that we kind of lose that ability to, to access and use our glutes properly. So it's a really important area that if we can pay a little bit of attention to on a daily basis, it can help decrease our risk of having sore back and developing a cranky knee or a cranky hip. So I've got a couple of go-to exercises that we use really commonly. My personal fave is the, the bum dance and that's one you can do right now as you're listening to the podcast. If you stand up and pop one hand on your on your buttock, roughly where your back hip pocket would be. And if you imagine that you had a $50 note in between your buttocks and try to clench onto that $50 note as hard as possible, hold that for a couple of seconds and then you can let your glutes fully relax. That's a great way to to start to connect with those muscles. As you get used to being able to access and activate your glutes, you can go into the bum dance. And the bum dance is where you do just your left side. So if you pop your hand onto that left buttock and see if you can isolate it so it's just your left side working, hold that for a few seconds and then let that fully relax. And then pop your right hand onto that back hip pocket region, tighten the right glute and see if you can isolate that right glute. And you can have some fun with this. You can start to go a little bit quicker, a little bit slower, Put some music on and see if you can connect with those uh, with those glutes. Once you've built a really strong connection with you with your bum dance, another great exercise that we give out and it's kind of seen as a bit of a gold standard exercise when it comes to glute and core stability is the bridge. Um, and the bridge is a great exercise where you can, if you've got some space, you can lie down on the ground. And if you have your legs bent roughly up at ninety degrees, lying on your back, push into your heels, find those glute muscles just like we did in the bum dance, squeeze them nice and hard and then lift your hips up off the ground. If you do that 15 to 20 times, that's a really nice way to, again, just make sure those muscles are staying connected and staying engaged.
1: Uh, Rowan, he always brings the goods. Such a good man. And I have to say, as someone who jumped on Zoom this morning for a Pilates session with Rowan himself, the advice he gives is so incredibly helpful. And I just find my body, my neck, mm. my back, everything feels so much better. Well, next is one of my favorite parts of the podcast. And it's where we get to take a moment, ground ourselves, be in the present, and really try to unwind. And I think this is really difficult, particularly at the moment for many of us who. Our work is our home, our home is our work, our families are around all the time and trying to balance everything, but also our emotions. Mm. It is difficult to kind of unwind and be mindful for a moment. So now I'm gonna hand over to Haley, who's gonna take us through a mindfulness exercise. I'm gonna find myself a quiet spot, sit down, close my eyes and enjoy the moment.
5: Hello, everyone. A great way to ground ourselves and return to the present moment is by engaging our senses. We can do this wherever we are. So wherever you are right now, take a few moments to get nice and comfortable. Let's begin by taking three very slow, long, deep breaths. Let's start. Breathing all the way in, two, three, four, and all the way out, two, three, four, breathing in, two, three, four, and all the way out, two, three, four, last one, two, three, four, and out, two, three, four okay as you return your breathing to normal let's begin with the sense of sight slowly look around and list five things that you can see take your time to do this you might like to choose to find only blue things it is up to you remember to continue breathing while you do this next we'll use the sense of hearing I want you to list four things that you can hear. You might like to close your eyes for this part. Are the sounds near? Are they far? Continue breathing normally. Next, using the sense of touch, reach out and feel the texture of three things. Are they soft, hard, or something else? Take your time to fully notice what you touch. Now, using the sense of smell, see if you can smell anything. You might smell cooking, flowers, or freshly cut lawn. Breathe in whatever the smell is and notice how it makes you feel. Lastly, using the sense of feeling in our hearts. What is the one or maybe two main feelings or emotions you have right now. Hopefully it's something pleasant, like being calm or curious. Whatever it is, notice it, accept it, and let it go, remembering that feelings and emotions come and go, just like clouds in the sky. I hope you've enjoyed today's mindful moment. Much love, Ailey.
0: Well, thanks for listening and thank you, Hayley, for that moment of zen.
1: Yeah. And if you want more information on any of the things we've discussed in today's show, Beyond Blue has a new coronavirus section on their website with lots of really helpful information and articles to check out, as well as an online forum if you want to interact with the support community. That's coronavirus.beyondblue.org.au. Beyond Blue also has a dedicated coronavirus helpline. That's 1-800-512-348. And as always, please, 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 if you feel in crisis, call one 3 or in an emergency, always call triple zero and take care of yourselves.
0: See you soon. This special COVID-19 series of In Good Health is produced by me, Dewi Cook, and edited by the fabulous Nick King. Thanks to Hayley McKenzie of Half Moon Mindfulness and Meditation and Rowan Singleton from Back in Motion Northcote for their help. For more information on what we've talked about in this episode, check out our show notes. And if you like us, please consider leaving us a review wherever you get your podcasts. See you soon.